0: blessed Advent to you. Friends, Isaiah, we'll be hearing uh, from Isaiah during the Advent season, and Isaiah is one of my favorite prophets. Um, he uh, was gentle in, when needed, and he always spoke words of hope. And in our, our first reading, Isaiah, uh, the nation that uh, he is uh, the prophet to, uh, they're experiencing very, very difficult times. They're it's on a social level, it was on a political level, and it was certainly on a religious level. One of the things in studying Isaiah and the chapter that it comes from, it does seem that the people kind of uh, they were not obeying God. And so some of the things that were happening was of their own fault, but not everything. So what Isaiah does, very brilliantly, he reminds everyone about God's activities from the past. And he said he's been faithful always to you. And really what he's trying, he's trying to call us into faithfulness or the people of the time. At the same time, because he is the prophet of the people, uh, he cries out to heaven. We're told he cries out to heaven. God, open the heavens and come down. You are the potter and we are the clay continue to form us. And um, indeed, he would do this. As a matter of fact, the second reading, St. Paul is pointing out to the fact that, in fact, God has answered Isaiah's prayer. He has rend the heavens. He has opened the heavens up. And he came down from his place of majesty. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, God himself has come down from heaven. And with him he brought grace and beauty and love. In fact, St. Paul says, you have everything you need by grace in order to live as his disciples, to be in, at peace with the Father. And, uh, and very true, um, he has done this, and grace abounds. And in the Advent season, we can only recall Past, meaning the incarnation of Jesus Christ, but the fact that He remains with us in word and sacrament. And we are told, as the scriptures tell us, He is coming again in that second coming, and rightfully so. Now, my friends, um, we begin our new liturgical year. So I get to tell you this now Happy New Year! I know for some of you, 2020, yep, let it go, let it go. But this is our new cycle. So the new year begins now for us, and we're in cycle B, which is the Gospel of Mark, or Mark's Gospel. And uh, uh, the thing about uh, New Year is many people make resolutions, right? And usually by February 1st, the resolution's out the door. So this is our new year as the Roman Catholic Church, so I'm telling you, make your resolutions. May I suggest some for you, then? Hello, everyone at home watching. Let us pray more. Let us forgive more. Let us act with mercy more. Let us act with charity more. Here are some resolutions, and don't let those fall to the wayside. Begin that now. When January comes, you can make those other things. But it's a wonderful tradition. My friends... It has been said that when there is life, there is hope. But I believe that that's kind of backwards. I think what is the deeper meaning is where there is hope, there will always be life. And um, hope sheds light on, in despairing hearts and situations that seem so difficult. It has such great strength. And hope sheds light in despairing hearts, and it it inspires people to not only live. Uh, not only to survive, but to do so with great expectancy, with joy in their hearts, no matter what's going on. Uh, I spoke with a doctor, and um, we were talking, and he said, you know, the thing, Father, hope, uh, we have medicine and everything, but there is nothing quite like hope. When the patient has hope, it becomes, he said, hope becomes one of my greatest allies when I'm helping a patient to battle. And I agree with them. It, it shields against uh, that feeling of defeat and failure, and it revives ideals and renews dreams. And uh, as long as there is hope, no situation is impossible. And this is what the Advent season is doing for us. Mother Church says, let us have that joyfulness in our heart, no matter what is going on. And uh, we have the the gospel. And the gospel is a very short parable. And uh, it's about a householder who has some servants. And uh, we're told on one occasion he goes abroad. Uh, I've been telling people like on a vacation, but uh, that word abroad means he's not coming back for a long time. Anyone who's in the military understands that when their loved one goes abroad, they don't come back for quite a while. So uh, in this Parable, Jesus says, and the person goes and he's not coming back for a while. And meanwhile, the servants he has placed in charge um, before he leaves, uh, he calls them together and gives each one of them a task, a job, if you will, to do. Um, and he urges them to be responsible. So, my friends, what I've done is I'm taking great liberty with Jesus' words from the gospel. I'm trying, I created a story. Uh, from my professors to illustrate uh, what Jesus is talking about in this parable. And um, we see that he gives various jobs uh, uh, to people. And then he says in the parable that he gives this teeny little parable. He says, now don't go to sleep. And, um, but I want to uh, focus on the gatekeeper because the gatekeeper uh, has a... Uh, to the gatekeeper, he gives a kind of a warning And says, I don't want to find you asleep when I get back. Hmm. And this was not surprising because since uh, the gatekeeper would have control over who entered and left the house. So the gatekeeper had great responsibility. And Christ's story ends with this warning that rings in our hearts. So I want to take great liberty and create an illustration uh, for you to to understand, And if you don't like it, you can blame the people at 8.30 because I asked them, does, does this work? And they said yes. So now you're getting that homily. <laughs> My friends, last night I made a reference to this but didn't explain. So I'm going to explain to you. The greatest danger that I felt in looking at the parable and praying about it was not so much that... Um, disciples would fall asleep on the job but that they would grow so accustomed to it um, that it would become nothing more than a job it would lose all of its luster there would be no life in it um and in this they would become spiritually dead so what i'm saying is christ won't come and find his disciples asleep they're just going to be spiritually dead and um In the beginning, uh, looking at the gatekeeper, he's all excited. All the master's given me, look at, I got the keys to the kingdom, if you will. I got the keys to the door. I'm not referring to St. Peter. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. Although that would be fun, but I'm not. Um, But to the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper feels so honored that the master has put him in charge of so great a task. And um, I suspect he probably gets a uniform, and he gets to wear the uniform, and he's very proud of that, Detective Mike (laughs) Allen. Boy, he's somebody. He's conscious of the fact that uh, his his particular job is so important. Um, It is not so much a job for him as a labor of love, which he does with great joy and enthusiasm. But as time goes by, Opening and closing the door gets very monotonous. And the novelty wears off. And surely this becomes nothing but a habit for him, or her for that matter. And um, the thing about that, habits and routines are not necessarily bad in themselves, but they can breed boredom. Boredom is a problem. We see that a lot in our country, people are really bored. And they've taken up some very bad habits, like being really nasty and trolling people on social media because they're bored. You see what I'm saying? So routine and habit, not horrible, but when they begin to breathe boredom. And this is where I think um, I'm taking great liberty with Jesus' parable because the gatekeeper simply becomes bored. Nothing but a routine now, nothing but a habit. And it becomes caged by the habit. And the attitude of the gatekeeper, now the person's heart becomes hardened. The person uh, gets used to doing it. And that's the thing about routines and habits. We can become accustomed in a bad way to it. We can get used to just about anything. In this time of the pandemic, I've heard people say, I get up in the morning, I have breakfast. I get on the internet, I do a Zoom meeting. I maybe go to my porch, and then I make dinner, and then I go to bed, and then I get up in the morning. You hear it? The monotony of it and the boredom. And we can get used to just about anything over time. In fact, in my story the gatekeeper becomes quite smug and um, becomes very self-righteous and um, becomes self-entitled and in doing so um, he takes the very powerful position of the gatekeeper and uh, begins to feel that he owes nothing to anyone. And even worse, his heart has become cold and unfeeling. Now remember, there's other servants in Jesus' parable. Those servants have to come to the gatekeeper. And uh, he's very condescending towards them. In my, in my stories, I take Jesus' parable and really build it up. And unwittingly, this power of the gatekeeper corrupts the person. And after a certain time, it becomes Nothing but this monotonous habit that he must or she must do. He is still responsible, but yet something has changed. Now the gatekeeper is simply going through the motions. His main reason, or her reason, staying, is the security that it provides. That initial love and enthusiasm has faded into nothingness. And when, when the master will return, undoubtedly he will find the gatekeeper at his post or her post. The gatekeeper will not be asleep. The gatekeeper will be awake. But spiritually dead. Because he has lost all joy, Over the task that was given. Habit can cause these terrible ruts which causes paralysis that will eventually snuff out the very vitality and life of the person. And sometimes someone has to come along and provoke you. Your pastor last weekend tried to do that. I don't know if I actually did it. I know 5.30 5.30 got a real big dose of provoking <laughs> from me last weekend. But I did this to try and waken you up. And um, sometimes we need that. We fall into ruts and uh, these habits, and uh, they become difficult. And I know that uh, when the, to the person who tries this, woe to the person who tries to break some other habit. You know how people can get... Oh, don't mess with me. This is what I do on Wednesdays. <laughs> How deep the ruts uh, can ha- become. And my, pro- my friends, here's where I think Jesus said you have to be like children. The thing about children, they have great dreams and enthusiasm and all things. They see the wonder in all things. Sometimes we forget Our dreams and that enthusiasm. What am I talking about? I'm talking about our Christian faith. You are the disciples now. People go home and sit in their barca loungers. And from there, they troll the internet. <laughs> and their virtues begin to slip away. They pass judgment on everything and everybody except for themselves. It can so easily happen that we become Christians in habit only. Over the years, the routine silently and secretly snuffs out the vitality. Well, I come to the 11 o'clock mass, and then I go home. (laughs) No, you're supposed to come and experience and you leave a joy in your heart, no matter what's going on. If I fail to do that, I'm going to be working on that for Advent for you. I'm going to be provoking you. I'm going to get my poker out and stoke the fire. Huh? My friends, for those who only come and go through the motions, taking part in rituals that have lost vitality and meaning to them, those Christians no longer hear the gospel anymore. It just goes in one ear and out the other. The face of Christ has vanished from their sight. My friends, here's the truth of the matter in the parable. Each one of you are the gatekeepers. And Jesus said, what I say to you, meaning to his disciples that day, he says, now I say to all, you are the gatekeeper.'" You are the gatekeeper of your own soul, of your own house. You have the ability to let in and to let out. And don't let it become a routine. And in the parable, I know I had to fix it last time. How do I fix this? Because there's other servants. So, the other servants, in this sense, they are the family members and friends and loved ones that you are supposed to care about and take good care of. You may not be their gatekeeper, but you are still called to care for their welfare. My friends, Advent is the time for us to wake up and to arise from our slumber, to shake off those notions and the boredom of routine and habit, and to let Christ come alive again and again and again within our hearts and our minds and our souls. The spiritual life is first the matter of keeping it alive and awake. And St. Paul will say, it is done for you. You have what you need to keep this going. So during the Advent season, we will journey as Christian people through the Old Testament into the New Testament, recalling what God has done in the past, what his son does now, and living with the expectation, his son is coming. And my friends, the truth of the matter is, for the lazy servant, the lazy Christian, any time that Jesus comes will be a bad time. Can you imagine? Oh, Lord, could you come back tomorrow at five? I should have my rosary done by then. Yeah, I haven't prayed it in a couple years. But for the Christian who has been working, And blooming any time is the right time. Oh, Lord, you're coming. Mercy, you're coming at noon. I'm ready. In fact, Father Mark has a cupcake waiting for you, Lord. (laughs) Come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Emmanuel, come. Amen. Let this Advent season serve all of us to recall, to remember, and to look forward. joy in our hearts with that joyful expectancy and let us work then together and individually of course to bloom to continue to bloom and to be ready for when he comes